What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Legends cast. What I would call season two at this point, maybe, because now we're doing two episodes a week. That's fair. That's that's a good distinction. We'll call it season yeah. two. On Anchor, when I'm uploading the podcast, it has you list if there's a season, if there's an episode. So I felt a little saucy last week. I put episode, I put episode one of season two. So this is going to be go. episode two of season two. If you guys haven't listened to our last episode of the podcast, go ahead and check out our Spotify, our Anchor. It's up there. Uh, we talked about the state of the Mets in the last episode. But what we've decided to do format-wise going forward is first episode of the week, we're going to be talking about the Mets and what's going on the week before. And then the second episode, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of what makes Mets legends tick. And that is the historical aspect of the team. And before I go any further, I'd like to introduce my buddy, my co-host, as always, the lovely Michael Jennings. Mike J, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, really mixed bag of Mets emotions over the past few weeks. Um, yep. You know, guys getting hurt, uh, particularly Lindor and DeGrom. And then to be able to go out and take two out of three of the crazier games that the Mets have played against the Reds and... I just, I've decided that I just hate the whole state of Pennsylvania. Um, I'm just yes. going to put that out there on the record. Yep. I hate mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I hate Pennsylvania. They should secede. Um, they should saw themselves off from the rest of the country, like that old uh, mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny uh, like gif where yeah. he's like sawing off Florida. <laughs> just do that with Pennsylvania instead. Yep. Um, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, no use but- for you. But the Mets, they did finish the road trip three and three, which all things considered uh, could have been a lot worse um, with how everything started off in Pittsburgh, dropping two and three, having that crazy game that was taking place in the midst of when we were recording our podcast. I think that mm-hmm. Taiwan Walker error like happened while we were talking about like what oh, trades you need to make. Yeah, <laughs> I was really trying hard to like not freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of saw your, I kind of saw your, your face. Um, I, I didn't have the game up at that point. And then I turned, I tuned in and it was six, nothing. Yeah. Um, but they ended up winning that game, which is amazing. And then they took two out of three from kind of a reeling uh, Cincinnati team that was without Nicholas Castellanos, which, you know, it sucks. They revealed a micro fracture in his wrist. That sucks, but it did pay the Mets dividends that they didn't have to face him other than one at that, where he almost hit a home run anyway yeah. um, the other night. I really but, like Nick Castellanos. I like, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He's just one of those really just like charismatic baseball characters that, I mean, the, the Nick Castellanos Twitter meme that's going around where like, if there's any serious topic on like a broadcast, Nick Castellanos will hit a home run. Like, I just, I think that's the funniest thing. <laughs> well, it's like, it's not, it's, it, I mean, obviously it happened once with, uh, uh, what was that dude's name? Tom, Tom uh, Brenneman. Tom, Tom Brenneman. Mm-hmm. And then he homered again, like during that, like moment of silence for like on the broadcast for that veteran yeah and then did you see someone like went back and saw that nicholas castellanos when he was in the minors was playing during the game where osama bin laden was like killed and he homered during that (laughs) game too it's like the guy just has no (laughs) chill whatsoever Well, he's, um, he's, he's a, he has a single track mind. Like, yeah, uh, I, he's only focused on baseball during the season, which I think is like kind of impressive 
to the level that he goes for it because he like he has a flip phone he just like doesn't interact with like the outside world other than like what's going on with the Cincinnati Reds and like props to him for that I don't know I like that kind of I kind of love that I kind of yeah. love that um you know and I know Marcus Stroman it's a little bit different when I interviewed him back in the in the, the spring in spring mm-hmm. training he said that he often like unfollows like a ton of baseball accounts like before the season starts so that he can kind of just be focused on like the here and now and he doesn't like to like surround himself with the negativity but then you have castellanos who goes like a step further and carries a foot phone and like doesn't even know what twitter is during the season i love it uh it's great yeah he's great and he's he's having an amazing year i had him on my fantasy team but i traded him and it was, it was tough, but I did it because I really wanted Juan Soto. And so I had to give up a little bit more than I would have liked, but no, it's a in good the seller. Yeah, I think so. I'm in no. the seller. I'm two and 11. We are a limited keeper league. So I was trying to, you know, establish some keepers for next year. And, uh, you know, Soto was a guy that I thought was a no brainer. So I yeah. got him, I got to Grom recently and, uh, you Ooh. know, we're in good shape. Um, nice. buy low on Degrom. That's a good, that's a good plan. Yeah. I didn't give up too much for him. And then I got Brandon Woodruff the other day too. I traded. Oh my God. Yeah. Those are, the, that's, those are the two best pitchers in the national league. Yeah. I traded Blake Snell. Who's having a terrible year. Mm-hmm. Denelson Lamette, who's been hurt. And I traded Adam Frazier, but I didn't plan on keeping him for next year anyway. So yeah. I figured might as that might sweeten the pot a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're, you're in cell mode for your keeper league. Yeah. Um, which it's a five team keeper, a uh, five player keeper. So mm-hmm. it's like every year, like we'll redraft and then we keep five players the next year and then four and then three, and then we redraft. So it's yeah. like, it keeps it interesting enough where you kind of have to be like creative. And like, if you really suck, like I did this year, like at least I'm not like completely stuck with this team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have soda. I have Brandon Woodruff. I have Walker Bueller. Um, Soto and then my fifth keeper I'm not really sure of I could I could opt to just choose four and then I could redraft like I could draft like a player instead of having like a fifth keeper but we'll see I might keep Zach Gallon. I know he's having a bad year but he's a really good player nah, he's a good player yeah for sure um speaking of good players Billy McKinney moment of silence uh just picked up off not picked up off waivers the Mets traded him to the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Dodgers yesterday for a minor league outfielder who I believe is named uh, Carlos Rincon. Yep. Um, and Carlos Rincon is a guy who was not in the 30 uh, top prospects for the Dodgers, but is a guy that's uh, been having pretty good, a pretty good season um, in the minors, I think in double A for the, uh, for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a guy that might not be with the Mets for that long. He might be, you know, part of a package if they do decide to make some more moves. I mean, they will decide to make more moves in the next week or so. Um, but he might be a guy that you might throw in there to kind of sweeten the pot uh, in another bigger deal, um, which would be fine. Or, you know, if anything else, you have a guy who uh, is 23, 24, and could come up this year maybe. Uh, with all the injuries, you never know. Yeah, so. you never know. And I feel like, you know, someone like Rincon seems to have a lot of untapped upside to, to his game. Like I was, I was checking out his stats, uh, you know, yesterday and it looks like he's got some pop um, and, you know, can play anywhere in the outfield. It seems like, 
Um, so, I mean, we'll see what he can, what he can bring. I think ultimately it's, it's a really sad move to like, you know, DFA someone like Billy McKinney, who's just done nothing but his job for the Mets. And I think that's something that we as fans have come to really appreciate about him. He's just kind of like a, he's just one of those guys who just like goes about his business and, and did get the job done mostly during his time for the Mets. I mean, he had that, what was it when he came up in June? Um, you know, he had a really good month. Um, he, he started to struggle at the plate. Uh, he didn't really do much other than hitting doubles and home runs, but Mm -hmm. I think, um, but I think the Mets, you know, the Mets really needed that at that point. Uh, still has a, a positive OPS plus at 113 uh, during his time with the Mets. So, you know, that's that's pre- that pretty much tells the story for me, at least offensively, what he was able to bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, the Mets, when they acquired McKinney, were really handcuffed. Um, they were yeah. really they, they really like had. They really had to make a move. And um, McKinney was a guy who was appealing because he does have some some good uh qualities in his game Mm -hmm. he made that awesome catch with the brewers earlier this year he has some pop in his bat um and he was relatively young too and so they traded a minor leaguer named pedro quintana for him who 17 years old hadn't embarked on their professional career yet. I don't think had played in a professional game. So, I mean, the jury's still out on that, but even still, I mean, they got a serviceable guy in McKinney and then, you know, it sucks that McKinney's gone, but they did flip him for a guy who could provide value for them later on. But yeah, you know, McKinney, McKinney towards the end of like his Mets tenure had started to struggle a little bit more at the plate. And um, you know, those home runs weren't coming as much as they were early on, but he really gave the Mets a bat in their lineup when they needed a bat in their lineup, you know, mm-hmm. when, when they had Nemo Conforto, um, JD Davis, uh, um, Jeff McNeil, Pilar, all these guys were hurt. The Mets mm-hmm. had, I mean, out of their starting regulars, they pretty much just had Dom Smith. They had Lindor and they had McCann still in the lineup. So he really solidified their lineup and, he stepped up when they needed to hit him, when they needed him to. He was yeah. really an integral part of that bench mob, next man up mentality. And uh, I think Mets fans, none of them had a bad word to say about McKinney when he got traded. I think a lot of Mets fans were upset, and a lot of Mets fans were like, "Thank you for your service." That you know, and I think that's yeah. He he was here for a brief time, but he was here for an important time. And mm-hmm. so I hope McKinney gets an opportunity with the Dodgers. Um, you know, he's a really easy guy to root for really nice guy. Um, and I really hope that he gives them some, some depth in the outfield, uh, because he really deserves it. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that graphic that we put out, you know, thanking Billy McKinney. I mean, that's one of the highest engaged, you know, tweets that we've had all season. Um, 100%. And, yep. you know, shout out to Robbie for that one. Thanks for, um, doing graphics better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, Robbie does graphics better than like, I think anybody in the world, um, yeah. like his graphics are just incredible. He's and really yeah, good. So we, for you guys listening, we recently brought on a few more graphic designers, a few of my friends who I used to work with at Metsmerize that are, that are joining our team of Mets legends as we continue to grow. Um, Robbie Waldrop, my buddy, uh, Matt Tutrone, who, uh, is uh 1986 on twitter and uh, my friend jordan barron 
really great guys. Um, they all do in, like really, really great stuff. So make sure you keep it locked onto our Twitter. Um, you'll be seeing a lot of really clean, crisp gla- graphics as we continue to grow. And uh, our buddy Josh Finkelstein is also going to be joining us as we uh, begin to launch our blog, which should be uh, happening in the next couple of weeks or so. So stay tuned for that as we uh, continue to embark on some more awesome um, Mets Legends content. I'm sure we'll be talking about Billy McKinney a little bit more there as well. Oh, yeah. Um, He's going to be an evergreen topic for years to come. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about maybe like doing like a Mets Legends report like weekly where we kind of follow guys that are that were former Mets that are in other teams and kind of just how they're doing. Because I think it's interesting to like keep tabs on guys like like Wilmer Flores, for instance. I mean, he's had a couple big home runs this week already. And um, that's what he does, baby. That's what he does. That's Wilmer, <laughs> you know, like, like Wilmer and hitting home runs is like, is like the earth with the moon, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's like just, the it's beach and the sand. It's nature. Yeah. And uh, man, I mean, I know Wilmer doesn't really have like a place like on this Mets team, but like, it would be so nice if like Wilmer Flores was able to come back, yeah. you know, and like, I don't know. Like it just would be such a nice thing because he's such a fan favorite. And I think people really love to rally around Wilmer and pretty much any like out of the park baseball, like playthrough that I do. That's anytime after Wilmer Flores time with the Mets. I usually trade for him at the deadline. <laughs> oh yeah. He's a guy that like, I mean, he's still really young. He's only like, I think he's 30 or maybe 29. Like he, he came up young. He came up when he was he like came 20. Up out. Yeah. I was actually at his major league debut and oh, it was on his, awesome. it was on his birthday. They like called him up. It was his birthday. Cause his birthday's in August. Uh-huh. And uh, he was, yeah, that was 2013. Yeah. He's 29. So his birthday's coming up next month, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came up, I, he was thir- 20. I think it was his 20th birthday. Uh, Cause they called him up in 2013. So it feels like he's been around for a long time, but. He kind of just has like the Porcello syndrome where like he got called up when he was like 19. Um, Kareem Garcia syndrome, some might say. Uh, (laughs) Some might say Kareem Garcia syndrome. Nice segue there. Nice segue. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was, I was about to go on a Rick Porcello rant and I'm sure that. No, everyone's tired. I'm so (laughs) sick of that. (laughs) So if you guys don't follow me on Twitter, I've been every time like the Mets have like a pitcher injury or like a pitcher gets pulled early. I post the same picture of Rick Porcello when he got signed with the Mets and it just says Mets welcome Rick Porcello. And to me at this point, like it just gets funnier and funnier every time I post it, but I'm sure it's like, 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 like Mike J commented the other day was like, Rob, stop. It's just like, I just, I don't know. I felt like, I felt like I knew it was going to happen with Rick Porcello as soon as it, as soon as I signed him, I was yeah. like, man, he's going to have like, maybe two good performances in him and that's gonna like he's gonna create like a fan base for him through those and he's just gonna be terrible otherwise (laughs) (laughs) i mean people hate porcello like you'd think that like i don't know like i really didn't like like i watched the mets last year but it was not in a very serious manner because it just didn't feel real yeah it it didn't feel like weird yeah it seemed weird like I, i was very stressed out about like contracting COVID-19 um mm-hmm. that like baseball seemed very secondary to me and like them funneling in the sound and like yeah. them having the, the cutouts in the stands like 
and guys having so many guys opt out, you know, having like the alternate site, it just felt like a very like, like not real season. Um, I agree. So it's funny to me when you see guys like that hate Porcello as much as they do <laughs> and like hate Michael Waka and like hate Marcus Stroman for opting out. And it's like, the season like kind of like doesn't really matter. Like it was like, yeah. I don't blame these guys for opting out. Like also like no one was even around to see Porcello suck anyway. Like, <laughs> you know, true. so like who cares? <laughs> um, but uh, yes, we won't get too much into Porcello. I'll get, I could get on a, uh, you know, I can get on a soapbox and go on about it, but I won't. Uh, Kareem Garcia. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone, I think everyone appreciates that. Um, Kareem Garcia. Uh, earlier this week was the anniversary of the Mets trading Kareem Garcia in 2004, the year of our Lord, 2004, to the, to the, Los, no, they traded him to the Baltimore Orioles mm-hmm. for relief pitcher Mike Dejan. And um, this was kind of, you know, Garcia, as you had brought up before the podcast when we were talking about it, Garcia yeah. came up in 1995 as a 19-year-old with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he kind of bounced around a bit. So he, he, you know, he was a guy who played for a ton of teams in his career. He was on the Dodgers for a few years. Then he was on the Diamondbacks in 98, was on the Tigers, was on the Orioles, the, the, the Cleveland's baseball team. Then he was on the Yankees, then the Cleveland baseball team, then the Yankees, then the Cleveland baseball team. <laughs> like he bounced between those two teams like four times. Yeah. Then he was a Met and then he was an Oriole. And the funny part about Garcia is that he stuck around for 10 years and he only played 488 games. He only played over a hundred games once in his career, which is incredible. He's um, also a negative 3.2 war player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brutal dude. <laughs> which is so bad. It's like, it's like, dude, you like you negatively impacted the team. <laughs> negatively impacted baseball more than like like if he never played it would have been better for baseball <laughs> than him actually playing <laughs> yeah. i don't know why uh, he kept getting chances i mean he did have some pop but like i feel like he i feel like he would be i feel like he would get a, even a lot more chance chances today than even he did back then because he seems like one of it, he almost seems like he came before his time yeah to me when I look at I mean I don't remember watching him that much in 2004 because I was nine years old but like <laughs> but I feel like just looking at his baseball reference page he would have been uh the kind of player I'm, I'm trying to think of like a modern day comp I don't want to say Joey Gallo because Joey Gallo is like way better than that um might you say Billy McKinney uh no because billy mckinney's better than that um <laughs> billy mckinney's a better person <laughs> yeah that too. we'll get into that but i think you know he, he's just a guy who could hit doubles and home runs but yeah not much else and i feel like yeah. i mean his his full season that he played with the with the diamondbacks i mean it's tough numbers man like he only walked 18 times in 354 plate appearances <laughs> and his OPS plus was 66. I mean, dude, like, that is so, bad. He, yeah. He like never walked either. Like, he, like yeah. he, um, 
his on base percentage for his career was 279. Brutal. <laughs> which is so bad. But <laughs> with that being said, I mean, he did have some pop because his 162 game average, which, you know, is, is not really a reliable thing because mm-hmm. that's just not how it works. But his 162 game average was two, was 22 home runs, 70 RBIs. So like, and back then, like and that's serviceable. Yeah. And back then, like on base percentage was like, not really a stat that was used like, or like relied upon as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't really until like, Oh yeah, it was, but like, I think it, w- it wasn't really obviously until like Moneyball, where like they like m- like they were you know taking advantage of guys with higher on base percentages. But I do remember that 2014 slightly well. Yeah, and it's because I remember like a I think they had like those orange spring training they uniforms, yes. and yes. they those which were great. <laughs> I love those; those are so sick. Yeah, um, but they also brought in a lot of veterans that year, like to mm-hmm. kind of like. I don't know. The 03 04 Mets, we've talked about how bad they were. Art Howe was an atrocious manager. The Mets, you know, they stumbled to a 20, uh, to a 71 and 91 start, uh, finish that year. Um, you know, that's the days of like Jason Phillips, uh, who Dickhead. I know you, you, I know who you hate. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's a perfectly yeah. nice guy, but he's needed <laughs> me once, so I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Jason Phillips. Um, <laughs> But they also had, you know, I, I liked the 04 team, like kind of looking at I did like too. these guys. Yeah. Um, but Jose Reyes had, came up, I think, in 03, right? And then he came up in 03, right? Debuted like this week in 04. Yeah. Um, yep. He debuted against the Expos. So it was like um, kind of an exciting time as a Mets fan. I remember that specifically being like, oh, David Wright and Jose Reyes are going to be around for a long time. And like, that's when I feel like. I started to emulate my game after Jose Reyes too. It was like 2004. Yeah, yeah he was great. I mean, he was so exciting. Um, you know, I even tried to bat switch. <laughs> that was terrible. I did too. Uh, it was so hard <laughs> batting the opposite way. Yeah. Reyes, Reyes got hurt that year because they were playing him at second base instead of short because they had Kaz Matsui. Yeah. Um, and then I think they realized like that was stupid and that Kaz Matsui sucked. So they were like, <laughs> we're going to just play Reyes, who's 22 at short where he belongs and we're going to blast Kazmatsui to Saturn. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so weird because like the 04 team looking at it now, I'm like, there was a lot of likable guys on that team. Like, you know, Joe McEwing was still on the team. Mets legend, Jeff Kepinger. You had many Manny, Victor Diaz. I loved Richard Hidalgo when we traded for him. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cameron was one of my favorites, Cliff Floyd, David Wright. But for some reason, when I think of 04, I think of Kareem Garcia. I think Mm -hmm. of Shane Spencer. I think of Ricky Batalico and I Ty think Wigginton, of perhaps. Ty Wigginton and James Baldwin. These are like the guys for whatever reason. I think when I was a kid, maybe I had like a ton of those cards, but it's yeah. all I think of those well, orange got, uniforms. So speaking of 2004 cards, my, like my aunt would always get me all kinds of baseball, like Mets baseball stuff. And there was this like, there was this like cutout of like, uncut cards that were like met specific FLIR cards so I had like a whole bunch of two of those like 2004 Mets and Kareem Garcia was one of them um but it was like Jose Reyes, Kaz Matsui, Mike Cameron, Cliff Floyd, uh Jason Phillips and I think it was like I think it was like a 12 card like page Mm. and she used her like paper cutter she's a teacher 
like used her paper cutter to like cut them <laughs> out for me <laughs> i just have like a very specific memory of that that's great man it's so nice when you're young too and it's like i think i feel like even now it's like the biggest thing that people know about me is that like i like the mats like mm-hmm. I, like i feel like maybe i just talk about them more than I, I i think but like i feel like people like just know about me that i'm a big mets fan and like i get maybe i just exude mets energy but uh <laughs> yeah. that's, like, that's always is. like a safe bet yeah yeah um but cream garcia i, I don't really remember this being because we were nine so i don't mm-hmm. really remember this so much growing up but cream garcia was traded um in july of 2004 from mike Dejan. um Back in March of that year, him and Shane Spencer, maybe this is why I like associate them together, but um, <laughs> the, the New York Post headline is Cream Garcia, Shane Spencer in brawl, duo gangs up on pizza, man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so it says here, Mets outfielder Cream Garcia already facing possible prosecution for a fight in Boston during last year's ALCS. Where, where Pedro Martinez notoriously said, "Who is Kareem Garcia?" Um, I don't the know the best who that line is. you could possibly say about Kareem. Just Garcia. a great line. <laughs> uh, and Shane Spencer were involved in an altercation with a twenty-year-old pizza delivery man outside a bar Thursday night. The Post witnessed. They wit- They were there apparently, and they saw Last- them witness them assault this kid, this twenty-year-old kid. Um. It says the post saw only Spencer hit Eric Vidal of St. Lucie during the incident, which took place in front of Duffy's sports grill. Uh, Three employees of Big Apple Pizza next door to Duffy's and where Vidal had been working for only two days said the incident was ignited when Garcia urinated in front of their store. So that's the thing that we were were thinking of. So, So when we posted this on Mets Legends, someone responded and was like, ah, yeah, Kareem Garcia and Shane Spencer pissed on that dude. And we, we like couldn't find enough to like corroborate that evidence, but apparently that's what it was. Um, So that him pissing in front of the store led to the exchange of taunts and curses. Apparently Um, Garcia Spencer and their wives departed in a white Hummer almost immediately after the clash. Uh, of course they drove was, hummers god yeah of course they did <laughs> like that was like the douchiest car to drive back then like oh, of yeah. course they drove it yeah um so that happened uh and then he gets traded and then shane spencer later on that year because he lasted lo- a little bit longer like a week longer than kareem did gets arrested in st Lucie when he's rehabbing driving 97 miles per hour drunk and so the meds suspend him you know, without pay. And then they release him and he catches on with the Yankees. Doesn't play again for the Yankees. He played for them earlier. He, he's a two, he's a three-time world series champion with the Yankees, actually 98 mm-hmm. through, through, through 2000. He was on all those teams. And then he played for the Hanshin Tigers. And then he, that was kind of it. Um, so both but, of them out of baseball kind of following this incident, which, yeah. is, which to me seemed, well, I guess not out of baseball because like you said, Kareem Garcia and Shane Spencer both played overseas. But I mean, what a weird, like, what a weird thing in Mets history that I feel like, you know, kind of probably is mostly forgotten, but hey, that's what we're here for. And like, yeah. I could you imagine if that happened today? 
just the the social media shitstorm that would follow. Oh yeah, oh like, yeah. I mean, that would be a big. I mean, much less things have happened that have gotten that people remember that yeah. were like kind of less bad. You know, like like the dildo and TJ Rivera's locker or Ploiecki's locker yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Like that's like a harmless. I mean, it's like yeah maybe a little bit vulgar but like it's 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 funny you know like yeah. at the very least like or like the shower know, like, picture where there's like clearly a, a naked man in the shower over the shoulder <laughs> yeah. of i don't remember who it was even. <laughs> i think it was ike davis <laughs> yeah yeah i think it was ike davis just very uh, clearly a penis on tv <laughs> <laughs> uh but, but um yeah i i mean the the public urination alone, like I feel like, would be like a big thing, and then like yeah, I, them assaulting like a twenty year old would be like that would be a huge huge, huge. thing, you know? Yeah. Like those yeah. guys probably wouldn't play for the Mets again, like if that happened. Well, um, they kind of didn't. I mean, actually, surprisingly, honestly, like the Mets took the proper action, and ultimately they they flipped Kareem Garcia for Mike Dijon, like you said, who was down like for the rest of the way for the Mets he was like really solid he had a he was good I remember him being good that year yeah I I mean he was he was bad the next year but like um I think relievers are volatile though you know yeah and the weird thing is like he was a good reliever for Colorado uh in you know late 90s early 2000s into 2000 and then um after he like kind of blew up for the Mets in 05 and they they flipped him to Colorado he became like good again. Like, I, I don't get it. That doesn't mathematically that shouldn't work out. Pitching in Colorado is supposed to be hard, you know, and pitching in New York is supposed to be quote unquote easier uh, because I mean, Shea was a pitcher's park, uh, you know, city's a pitcher's park. Yeah. It just, it just kind of defies logic in that way. Mm-hmm. I love stuff like that though. Yeah. Same. Um, but Speaking of Shane Spencer, there's like a funny moment was before I, before I had Mets Legends, it was the account was random Mets players that I ran. And mm-hmm. um, I kind of wish I didn't delete it. And I kind of just wish I rebranded because I had like, I had like 3,500 followers or something like that at that point. And, uh, but hey, I we're getting know. there. We're getting we're there. We're getting there. We're getting there. But, um, Shane Spencer was like my, my random Mets player of the day or whatever. And his son found the post, I guess, and like retweeted it and was yeah. like, my dad hated playing for the, for the Mets. So Shane Spencer Jr. Yeah. He was like, my dad hated playing for the Mets. And then everyone was like, well, <laughs> your dad your sucks. Dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like people were like, like I love when Mets fans, like they're so negative all the time. And then they, but then like someone says something bad about the Mets and they like rally around the oh, yeah. fact that like someone said something bad about the Mets. Like, yeah. I think if any random person was like, fuck the Mets, they'd be like, yeah, I agree. But then like Shane Spencer's son chimes in. They're like, yeah, well, your dad sucked. So, <laughs> uh, which is funny, but yeah. Also, Mike, we knew this was going to happen, but oh, there he is. My cat has joined, has joined the pod once again because he likes being the center of attention because he's, <laughs> he's, I don't know. I don't know what his, I don't, I don't know what his astrology sign is. I'm, I'm assuming he's a Leo like me, probably. Mm, he likes the attention. Being the attention. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get you off the, I'm going to get you off the, the table, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that guy. For those of you but, listening, uh, I, I just saw a very nice uh, view of the cat's butt and then the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was trying to get him off the table and he, he latched onto the placemat here and I tried uh, yes. to get him off. But anyway, so that's the little Shane Spencer, Kareem Garcia debacle that we like was re-brought to our attention this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of end the episode on like a more positive note, um, we yes. have a few ex-Mets legends on that are going to be participating in the Olympics in Tokyo, Uh-oh. which a is few. really cool. There's many, I would There's say. Seven or eight, right? Uh, so it depends on how you qualify Mets legends. Like if someone actually played a game for the Mets, there's, let's see, one, two, three, four, oh, five. And then, uh, two others that I would consider Mets legends just by being in the, in the Mets system. Um, but you have Ty Kelly, uh, playing for team Israel. Yeah. Jose Bautista. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Jose Bautista playing for Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and then uh, Oliver Perez and Adrian Gonzalez playing for Mexico okay. and then on Team USA you have Todd Frazier mm-hmm. and this is where I consider these two to be Mets legends even though they never played for the Mets really okay uh, Simeon Woods Richardson and Scott Casimir um, yep mm-hmm. are both on that team so Simeon Simeon Woods Richardson I wonder why he's playing because he's he's like an active player still. I think like he's I do still... think he's struggling. Um, so I think he's just trying. Like I think he was presented with the opportunity to represent, you know, Team USA, and I don't think he's getting called up anytime soon. Yeah, I, I guess remember, that's true. Like I remember seeing somewhere that because um, he was involved in the Stroman trade. Um, and I remember seeing somewhere that some like Toronto Twitter, you know, Blue Jays Twitter person was saying that, you know, the Blue Jays definitely lost that trade because Anthony Kay hasn't really panned out, especially not as a starter. He's like had mixed results as a reliever. And then, uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, I don't think has even been called up at all. uh, No, he hasn't. By the Blue Jays. Um, and those were, those were kind of the two main pieces of that trade that brought back Marcus Stroman for the Mets. Um, and very, very clearly the Mets are winning that trade. Um, yeah. I mean, I still think that Simeon Woods Richardson, like, I mean, I haven't followed him too closely this year. That yeah. was like, that was like a player that when we gave him up, cause he was a second round pick for the Mets uh, yeah. in 2018 behind Kelnick. Um, and they kind of went, they kind of reached for him, but I guess their scouting department really saw something they liked in him. And uh, he's a big, big dude. Um, he's still relatively young, I think. I think he's probably he is, like yeah. 21 or 22. Um, I think he's and, still – and he's still like pitching at double A level right now, I think. Yeah. Uh, like he hasn't even – he hasn't even gotten a sniff of the majors. Like – and I think that's probably what led him to to accepting the, the invite to, you know, Team USA camp, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. I mean – Listen, you get to go to Tokyo, you get to play baseball in Tokyo, which, you yeah. know, maybe you might not be able to do otherwise. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Anthony Kay is going to be one of those guys who's like a number five, maybe number four starter, like, yeah. like innings for his kind ceiling, of guy. for yeah. his ceiling. Um, but his floor is, is not great. Like, like he could be like a quad egg type guy. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he's, 
he's still young too. He's like our age. I think he's like 25 or 26 and okay. he's a former first round pick, but I mean, it is like, I mean, Stroman is a really important part of this team and he's pitched so well this year. And, you know, they maybe gave like if Woods Richardson pans out, maybe they gave up a little bit too much, but I think at this point you can't really be upset about that deal. No, not um, at all. Especially if Stroman like resigns in the winter, like, mm-hmm. and you know, he continues to pitch for the Mets, which I have like a, like a feeling is going to happen. I think that he really likes oh, he loves here. it. Yeah. He loves it um, in New York. I mean, he's from, he's from Long Island. He's yeah. As of, you know, as of today, when we're recording, he's currently hosting a, uh, a camp, um, a baseball camp on Long Island, um, which is which so is awesome. Super cool. Love that. Yeah. So awesome. Just reminds me of like Curtis Granderson, you know? Yeah, totally. Just like a, like a philanthropist, like a, like a philanthropist, like, yeah. you know, guy that like cares about the community, um, yeah. you know, great vibes. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to the Olympics though, like mm-hmm. congrats to our Mets legends who are going to be participating. I'm looking forward to seeing Todd Frazier hit some piss missiles um Jose Bautista too. too I bet you Joey he will Bats. maybe Joey Batch will even maybe have Ty a Kelly appearance maybe go, Ty baby. Kelly will too former I mean the last Mets I get a to record a hit in the postseason for the Mets you got to root for someone like that you Love know that. Yeah. the robust Ty Kelly um I hope that the Mets sign him this year like because the Mariners just released him yeah so like I hope he makes his way back to the Mets because that'd be so sick so um 40 uh, something uh, something that is interesting to note is that the deadline for uh, like roster changes, like 40 man roster changes is like five days after the gold medal game or something like that. Okay. Um, so there is like a, a, a small window of time where if someone really shows out in the Olympics, I'm sure they will sign on with, with a major league team. And I'm hoping yep. that if Ty, I mean, I'm sure Ty Kelly's going to play every inning for team Israel. Um you know, he, he's one of the names on there. It's like him and Ian Kinsler, which I think is <laughs> awesome that he's like former playing. future Matt Ian Kinsler, former future Matt. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think if, if Israel puts in a good showing, it's going to be behind Kinsler and Kelly probably. Yeah. Um, Ike and, Davis isn't, isn't playing for team Israel this year. Uh, I don't think so. Let me check the, I have all of the, um, rosters pulled up um i don't see a nazi ike davis danny valencia though too danny valencia is playing for for team israel is he i didn't even realize that he was jewish his last name sounds like not maybe he's mixed maybe he's mixed um but uh yeah man any any excuse to see ike davis would be great but we'll be interested to see though like how that infield is going to look because you have basically two multiple second basemen and like Ty Kelly can play pretty much anywhere on the infield. I guess he might even play shortstop or first. But, he could, he played first base a little bit for the Nets, I believe. Um, he yeah. could play first base, but I have to imagine that Ian Kinsler is going to play second base kind of has to yeah. right? And yeah. then Danny Valencia third base, first base could do either. I think he plays outfield a little bit too, Danny Valencia. Did he? I think I think maybe I I could be confusing him, but I think he was like a versatile like fielder. Yeah, I'll pull up his baseball reference page. 
But that's cool. It's cool that we got some 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 Mets legends representing just some like some like legends of other teams too. Like I feel like Danny Valencia is very much a legend status kind of guy for multiple organizations. I would think like Red Sox fans probably think of him fondly. Orioles fans probably think of him fondly. Um, and you know. Oakland is just a, a franchise of legends of just like a revolving door of just guys. Um, Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. I was like recently too. I was like thinking about how many guys played for the A's like at the end of their career. Like, did you remember Hideki Matsui playing for the A's? No, but I'm sure. He he, did. But he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did. Frank Thomas too. Mike Piazza. I do remember Frank you... Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously so, yeah. I remember Mike Piazza. Duh. Yeah, but, I don't um, know who that is, but I've heard about him, and uh, <laughs> I've heard that he was good, but I can't really, I can't really confirm that. Um, I do wonder though, like Oliver Perez pitched in the major leagues as recently as this season for the Cleveland yeah. baseball team. If he has a good tournament too, like that would be a really interesting reunion. I'm all Wouldn't for he? like the I'm all for the Ollie um reunion tour like playoff oliver perez dude oh my god i think that we should do a graphic for Mets <laughs> legends and just have it be like and like start this like fake not maybe not fake but like this like tongue-in-cheek campaign like ollie ollie reunion tour or something like oh, that oh dude i'm down um, and make like a graphic <laughs> like have one of the guys make like a graphic like and then we start like a hashtag, like hashtag Ollie reunion tour or something like that. Yeah. Um, Cause wasn't it that, Oliver Perez? It was Oliver Perez in uh, game seven of the NLCS who, yep. um, mm-hmm. who, I mean, he pitched, he pitched great. He did. But he was pitching for the Andy Chavez catch too. Wasn't he? He was. Yep. He was, he, I, I like have that image of him like kind of ingrained in my mind where it's like yeah. Chavez makes that catch and then throws it to Delgado and yeah, Delgado he's like, this pumps. But yeah, yeah Perez is like, you know, like, like this in the arms, air, like arms are risen. Yeah. yeah. He was stoked. I mean, Chavez saved his ass on that. And you would have thought the Mets would have had enough stamina to like win that game. Like, I know. And if the Mets win that game and they go on, they win the World Series, like that catch is like one of the greatest catches of all time. It is. Um, it is probably like, I think it would be, I think it would be up there in terms of like postseason catches with like Willie Mays. Like yeah. it would have to be. You 100%. Know? I mean, that ball, like, I would love to see, like, I, I don't know, like, how far it goes back, but I'd love to see, like, the expected batting average of that, like, like, hit. probably super high. Yeah, because I mean, it was super high. Yeah, it was into, I mean, you know, left field wasn't super deep at Shea, but it was like deep enough that you really had to get a hold of it. And he um, just snow coned that too, obviously. Like, he just, like, and yeah. like, even like him hitting the wall, you'd think maybe that would have like jarred the jarred ball it. loose. Yeah. But like, I mean, he held on, man. Oof. I mean, that was an amazing catch. Like some guys, I think just really rise to the occasion when like these big moments like mm-hmm. happen, like they just, I don't know. They get like a, they get like tunnel vision and they're able to just like really like, like extend yeah. that extra energy. Well, Cause I don't remember shot. That's a dude, trait. Like, that's a trait of like really good outfielders you know totally is that like you just like you just get a tunnel vision on the ball and it's almost like it's almost like your body goes into autopilot i would imagine where just just like singular focus i'm getting to this spot and i'm gonna catch this ball um 
and like Chavez was like good a good outfielder like I don't like was he elite probably not but he was good yeah I, I don't remember him being like like an incredible like Juan Magaris right type outfielder um, he did come in for defense quite often for like Cliff Floyd though yeah well Cliff Floyd was kind of like a bigger dude who probably wasn't as mobile and Andy Chavez was like had like long legs and was like kind of lanky oh, and he was like, speedy yeah yeah he was a speedy dude I mean he had that like bunt um walk off bunt walk off which was yeah. sick yeah. um yeah I liked Chavez man he was like the quintessential like fourth outfielder like he's like you couldn't it's ask exactly for a better fourth want. outfield. Oh, yeah. 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 He was awesome. Yeah. That was the cool thing about that 06 Mets team where it was just like they had every role like really filled. Like every mm-hmm. like every aspect of that team, you know, except for when like at, towards the end of the year where um, you know, you lost Duane Sanchez, you lost Pedro, you lost El Duque to like the injuries. Like, but before yeah. that, like they were really firing on all cylinders. Like that was the most complete Mets team in our lifetimes i ever imagine you probably know, maybe. ever i would think because i mean like you have 86 but i don't know if they were as like like they didn't have like a billy wagner in the bullpen you know what i mean they didn't have like and i don't know maybe i just don't know because i wasn't alive for it but i guess they had a really strong bench though like guys yeah, like you had like, like, like tim tuffle. Knight and tim tuffle and yeah and like lenny dykstra was like kind of a starter kind of a bench guy um, Danny Heap, I think, was on those teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, like, I guess, like, you know, 86, but also, like, even, like, Rafael Santana wasn't, like, an amazing shortstop, you know? Like, he's, like, True. a guy that, like, you never even hear about, like, yeah, from the 86 team. Um, you know, and I think he was the, the starting shortstop for the most part for that team. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jesse Orozco, you know, was like a pretty solid like like closer um, yeah he's good he was and then they good. also had i guess roger mcdowell right and like didn't sid fernandez do a little bit of both like wouldn't he yeah. start and come out of the pen sometimes yep so. yeah and bob ojeda i think maybe did the same yeah um but yeah I, you're right i mean that 06 team for me was like i mean those guys were really just like they were real legends like they were like yeah. real legends legends yeah. um all of them like they <laughs> yeah i mean they were just like you know so likable too like yeah. i was so bummed when they traded xavier nady um like i loved him uh, i thought he was he was you know such a good fit for that team yeah. um you know and then just like all the other guys you know beltron floyd Delgado, Reyes, right? You know, like just even Jose Valentin. I love Jose Valentin. Jose, yeah, Valentin. Jose Valentin was awesome. Like, yeah, you know, that like kind of like his swan song as a major league player. Yeah, you know, they picked him up to because I think Anderson Hernandez got hurt, and so they picked up Jose Valentin, and he just like had a monster year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think in 07, I think he played okay. I don't think he was like as good, but I think he was still okay in 07. Mm-hmm. for like until they got Luis Castillo so I guess maybe he wasn't that good I can't really remember how he was in 07, yeah I don't know but that 06 like was great um isn't it weird that Mike Pelfrey was on that on that 06 team like it's weird that like yeah. I don't think of him as like a member of that 06 team well, probably because he, he didn't make the playoffs but yeah well yeah he wasn't on the playoff roster at all was he I feel like that no been, I feel like he would have been a perfect like 
you know how David Price came up and they put him in the bullpen for the playoffs mm-hmm. or like, um, I don't know. They do that with young pitchers all the time. Um, I Pelfrey like he, was young too. I think when he came up in 06, he probably was like 20. Yeah. Um, maybe 21. I don't, did he not pitch well? Maybe was that like the, he was 22. Um, I know he had command issues like basically his whole career. So I'm sure when he came up, they were even worse. Yeah, 548 ERA in four starts. And then in, in 2007, he had a 557 ERA in 15 games. It yeah. wasn't until 2008 where he, like, started to pitch okay. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, we kind of went yeah. off on an 06 tangent from, the, <laughs> uh, from the, the Olympics. But I think we should definitely keep track of all these guys. Ty Kelly, Jose Bautista, Todd Frazier, Simeon definitely Williams, down. Oliver Perez, we- Adrian Gonzalez, Scott Kazmier. We could definitely do like a like what like a Olympics legend update, um, yeah. and like just like keep keep tabs on like what these guys are doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I think that more or less wraps up our show. We got a little bit over the time limit, but uh, yeah. I think anybody would be happy to reminisce about the 06 team. So totally. Um, but uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Um, Look out for our next episode after this one, where we'll be doing our State of the Mets um, podcast. Um, And we'll see you guys soon. Stay legendary. Next time.